Yo, what's going on, people? It's episode five of the AJ Rose Show. As you know by now, we're just going to go straight in with the guest. What can I say about today's guest? He tours the country up and down, university lecturer, five published papers as a scholar, top comedian, all-round joker. What are you saying, Moosin? Why can't, why can't my girlfriend talk about me like that? That was so nice. <laughs> that was so nice. Thank you. I'm well. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good. Mashallah. Good. Mashallah. As you can see, we're in a new studio for now. Yes. Um, don't know really know why I said that because that com that comment isn't really going anywhere. But no, it feels like a, a um, it feels like a war bunker, but like a nice one. It is. It's yeah. a nice, nice grassy. Like we're hiding from Al Qaeda, and decided to do a podcast while we're at it. <laughs> To talk but about but we wanted to keep our spirits high whilst yeah. we were high. <laughs> oh, it's funny. We look like we should be hiding from Al-Qaeda, to be fair. We've got the right skin complexion for it. We do look quite conspicuous, if I'm being honest. Come on. Very Come conspicuous. On. Very important. But yeah, like I was saying, Moosin's obviously a comedian, yeah? So I'm going to throw things back. Mm. What were you doing? First of all, how long have you been doing comedy? I started in 2019. So what were you doing before comedy? Before we get to the comedy, what were you doing before comedy? I was at uni. I was at university at Royal Holloway, um, just being a dickhead. Got 2-1 in the end, though. So. Just thought you'd chuck that one I'll in. I'll chuck that in there. That was a miracle, me getting a 2-1, because I got done for plagiarism in my second year. You got done? I got done for plagiarism. <laughs> Were you actually guilty? Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. I mean, I made, a mis I made several mistakes. So I got zeros for like three Wait, different modules. Wait, how did you plagiarise, though? Like... I copied exactly and pasted what? and thought I changed enough words. From what? Another like famous essay? From research papers. Oh. And I thought I changed enough words, but I did not. Um, so I got zeros for three modules, but I still managed to somehow get a 2-1. That was a fucking miracle. Because if I hadn't got a 2-1, there was no way I'd been able to do the PhD. So whatever happened, if there is a God, I, be I believe there is, he sprinkled a little something, something, a little something to get me situation. because, bro, I got sixty point zero two. That's you could only get point zero one. Low. No, I swear two one fifty nine. No, two one sixty. I just well, I got swear, a two one. I, I'm pretty sure when I when I went uni, two one was fifty nine. Not my uni, bro. You needed sixty fifty, and they didn't round up either. You couldn't get like fifty nine point five and get that's rounded up. A, that's such a snaky yeah. policy that they yeah, don't yeah, round yeah. up. Yeah, what it was studying? bad. What did I study? I studied psychology. I've studied psych and I'm, my PhD in psychology. I did it at A level. I did it at GCSE. I just knew I liked psychology from a kid, so I just kind of stuck at it. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, you teach at a, a uni, yeah. I teach at University of Bristol. Yeah. Like, so what do you teach? Psychology. I teach research. Yeah, psychology, but I teach research methods and statistics for psychology. So I teach data analysis. Okay. For psychological research. So someone does a psychological study, I teach them how to use data analysis techniques to find their results. So I you help make sense results. of all the like complicated it's, stuff, yeah. basically. I teach students how they go about do that. How do you analyze psychological data? That's why I teach them. Raw. Yeah. So on to comedy, yeah. Obviously you're yeah. a uni university lecturer in that. Yes. But obviously you got quite a lot of views on the internet. Do the students notice you when you're in, when you're in lectures and stuff? What do they say? My students bring it up, right? Every year, it's like a game I play with myself. Every year, how long until one of my students brings it up? And every year, which is a good sign, it gets sooner and sooner into the year, which I see 
as progress. Progress. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> How long until my students clocked out I'm a comedian? And some of them, one year, um, in my first year of teaching, these students made a group chat about me called Simping for Musin. <laughs> right? And they would send my comedy clips in there and screenshots of me in Zoom lectures, which is kind of sweet. Right, a bit dodge. And this is how you know these Gen Z kids are built different, yeah? You know how I found out about this group chat? How? They just told me about it. They had no the, fear. No fear. No fear. No fear of like sexual misconduct or like inappropriate behavior. We talk about you in a group chat and it's called Stimping for Muthin. <laughs> okay. And then I told my manager about it. And she was like, do you want to escalate it? And I was like, I feel like I'd be the weirdo if I escalated it. Like, what am I going to do? What, Get them so kicked they're, out. they're fans of your comedy and that? I don't know. I guess so. I presume so, because like yeah. they thought you were crap. I don't know if they'd go up to you. I think like, it was I think it was just amusing to them that their lecturer does comedy. Yeah. I think it's a weird thing. Do you know what though? I get it, because when you're in school, you don't think or like uni, you don't see the people teaching you. you like you don't consider human being. they have lives. Yeah. They're just there for that one thing in your mm -hmm. life. I remember like in school, like when teachers used to have a blem at lunch, I'd be like, rah, you, you smoke blem, yeah? Shit. It's interesting. But it's normal, isn't it? Isn't it? Like it's it's what people do. And now we're adults now and we pro probably have both have friends who work in secondary school education. I and know. I do, right? I have friends who work in secondary school education and I find it interesting. I was like, right, you're a teacher but I know what you're really like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But your students probably think you're this like clean cut guy or, or gal who just literally lives in the classroom every morning, pledges allegiance to the teacher flag. When in reality, you're just a normal human being who goes out with his mates, gets drunk, has yeah. a good time. You know, people dehumanize their teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you yeah. got to remember, right? To us, comedy is normal because we're around it all the time. It's not a weird thing to do. To everyone else, this is fucking weird. Who becomes a stand-up comedian? That's just something you see on the TV. And most people most people don't even know a stand-up comedian. But we're just desensitized to it because most of our friends are stand-up comedians. We're in comedy clubs every day. And when we're not in comedy clubs, we're in podcast studios that are designed for Underground comedians. bunkers. Our whole life is comedy, so it's not weird to us. But if you were just a civilian, <laughs> right? Yeah. This is weird. This is very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Most people don't even go to comedy shows ever. It's quite underrated. Like nobody sits there and thinks, oh, what should we do tonight? Should we go and laugh? Yeah. Like, nobody sits no. there and thinks that. No, 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 no. People, not enough people think that. And if I wasn't a comedian and I met a comedian, I'd have, I would be intrigued as well. You do get a lot of comments like, oh my God, why'd you do that? Like, yeah. I could never do that. <laughs> no, one, no one asked you, Becky. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh my God, you're so brave. <laughs> you're so brave. I'm a, I would I like... It's like my biggest fear. That's it. It's, it's always that. Oh my God. It's that and like little holes in things. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. You know what else I'm scared of? Snakes. Yeah. So is everyone else, Becky. You, you should get be. that a lot. Like, yeah. I think people overestimate how brave you are because. Yeah, we're scared. Like, it's, it does take some, I don't even know if this is the right word, but I like the word gumption. Oh, that's a nice word. Thank you, bro. Thank that's you. That's a good word. I've been trying to work that into some conversation for about three weeks. I've you should do it during it sexy time. Yeah, I'm going to give you a bit of gumption tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that can mean so many different things. It could. That is an ambiguous term, but yeah. I've got so excited. I used the word gumption. I forgot what I was saying now. It takes a bit of gumption yeah, to it do stand-up. Yeah, it does. But then at the same time, like a lot of comedy nights are just like not many people in the crowd. Mm in a kind of like smallish room, which still takes guts to go up and stand in front of anyone. But I think when people 
you tell people you do comedy, I think they think you're like selling out the O2 every night or I not wish. that, but like, yo, you're right. You're, you're doing fit. Like they probably think it's bigger than like, if someone said to you, oh, I'm a singer, you might just automatically assume that they're like always banging gigs, yeah, yeah, yeah. releasing albums, bro, having mad studio sessions, but there's all this other hundred percent to it that you don't there's so many people who clearly don't understand how comedy works including my mum my mum once turned around to me and she said i saw kevin hart is coming to england you should message him on instagram saying hello can i open for you i was like mum that's he doesn't check his dms like that and even if he did like imagine he did check it like mate can i open him mate you know you're doing o2 let me do a five he's probably got a list of like 10 friends who are already bare famous who are like, yo, if I ever had need an opener, you're yeah. one of 10. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah, is yeah. he going to holler like random, yeah, random dons from London? Yeah, yeah like Musin needs a chance. <laughs> Kevin Hart woke up and was like, you know what, that Musin kid, I've seen him on Instagram, he's working hard. You know what's kind of a beautiful thing in comedy? Like, because we, we were fans of this before we did it. I've got DMs that I've sent to comedians when I was a kid who I've yeah. now worked with. Like who? Like Kojo. What did I you send him as? I sent Kojo a message when I was like 14 on Twitter and I found it the other day. <laughs> and Kojo's booked me bare times. Because of that message. No, like, no, no. He's off. No, no. Are you not like, hearing this? Send your You know what the message DMs. was? I was like, yo, Kojo, play more end ups on, <laughs> on Choice <laughs> FM. That was legit the message. <laughs> I asked him to play more end ups. I think I wanted him to play Dappy, no regrets, right? Yeah. And yeah, and then you end up working with those people, you know, like that happens when like the people that you used to watch on the TV, because comedy is such a small community. Now you're doing gigs with them and you see them in a different light. It's very interesting. I feel like London in general, because when I've done music stuff before, like yeah. music journalism, you do kind of get to know a lot of people quite, if you're doing it regularly, yeah, eventually you're going to come across like loads of the same faces. Mm. And same record label people, same artists, same journalists, same this, same that. Because London is like, it's big, but in terms of, it's big, but it's also not. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not like LA where it's like, me and you could do a show tonight and we generally might not even cross paths for like another two years. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, 100%. It's a very small community. The comedy circuit especially, it's like, everyone kind of knows everyone now. So what you say, you, you, you see, you see everybody hates Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how he, in there, he becomes a comedian because he like sneaks downstairs at night plays that record of the famous comedian who says all the like quote unquote naughty words goes to school the next day tells everyone get I don't remember show. that but yeah I remember yeah, every yeah. Ep I've seen yeah. that show like a good six times minimum, yeah, yeah minimum but he's I always use that story because he's like it was clear that from young he kind of like had this kind of you know ambition from young to be a comedian same. and then made it happen I had that what was that like for you was that the 100%, same 100% the same I loved when my mum and dad they didn't give a shit about age restrictions on things <laughs> for whatever reason they just didn't care yeah either they didn't really because my parents they're like old school in it maybe they didn't understand the technology and the laws and stuff mm. or they just knew and they just didn't really care so when I was like eight years old I was watching Eddie Murphy roar in delirious in my living room and that says dick fuck cunt everything right mm. so i'd just be watching that in my living room um and i'd watch there used to be this show on, i think it was on comedy central called live from the comedy store but the british comedy store oh is it yeah yeah and then like it was the first what, time in the same venue it is now yeah, yeah comedy store right yeah, yeah yeah so they'd film a tv show then that people like mickey flanagan when he was first starting out i love lee evans as a kid um 
I'd watch a lot of American comedy as a child. Eddie Murphy was probably my favorite. So I loved it from young, young. Uh, so why'd you only get into it? Not in a rude way. I don't know. But like, Why did it take you so long to get into it then? Because I, I loved it, but I don't know, you know. I don't have the answer to that. Was it like fear? I just, was it like... I didn't put enough thought into it. Do you know what I mean? What? I was distracted with other things. I was very young. Like, all I wanted to do in uni, really, was chat to girls and go out with my friends. Mm. So it didn't... And in sixth form, I had a girlfriend all throughout sixth form, so I was distracted with that. So it only occurred to me that comedy was an option when I really became single. So it's, it's, not, it's not possible to do comedy with a girl. Is that what no, saying? but it just didn't occur to me. It's I not, by the way, it's not, right? <laughs> I've got a girlfriend now, funnily enough, right? But like, it just didn't occur to me. I was having, too busy having, too, I was having too much fun yeah. for it to like, but as soon as I became single, I did my first ever you know set. When you, break, you know when you break up with someone and you start glowing up randomly? Oh, mate. Comedy mate, was your glow up then. Mate, my ex left me at the wrong time. <laughs> oh, my. As soon as she left, I got sexy, bro. <laughs> I started doing well in... Because I started stand-up um, when I was with her. But I'd do like one gig every like five months. Oh, right? is it? Which is not... So when did you say it was 2019 you started? 2019. But I didn't start taking stand-up seriously until 2021. Like, it yeah. was... Up until before the pandemic, so in 2019, I did like seven gigs. And then in 2020, I did another seven gigs. <laughs> so 14 gigs, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I didn't do anything really until 2021. And then I met Fahan and Ed. And that kind of, for some reason, gave me a kick up the backside to start taking things more seriously with stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think when yeah. I met you, I think it was at Covent Garden Comedy Cellar. Because yeah. I knew Fahan and he he... He like, yo, come down, done that, and then Yeah, I was curious. Also, by you. also, sorry. Yeah. Random advert for future episode. Yeah, this guy for harm we're mentioning. In private combos, he's been like, bro, when I come on your podcast, it's probably gonna be the best one you've ever had. So look out for that because there's high hopes with that episode. He's gonna it? be such a letdown. <laughs> Guys, don't no, I told him, up. I was like, it's either gonna be super dead. Or yeah. super joked. I don't see an in-between. It depends what energy he brings. Yeah. If he's dying inside like he was today. Yeah. Like Fahan, Fahan someone should have escorted him home today. <laughs> so he's gone home, bless him. But big up, look out for the episode. But yeah, back to this episode. You know, one thing I noticed with you is when I first met you, it's not like you were ever shit at comedy. You were always good. I probably but, was shit. No, nah, you were. I, I don't, I wouldn't say that. But now it's like you've come on leaps and bounds in it. And it's like... Thank you, sir. God bless you. Like, what I'm interested in is how. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Bro, no, I, I know what you mean. You know, also, if you lot listen to this podcast, you know I like my delivery just like unintentionally rude and blunt, even when I've got... Even when I'm being nice. But how is a good no, point? No, because it's, it's not easy to improve. Like, forget comedy for a second. Yeah. There'll be people that listen to this that do other stuff whatever it is they do. And they'll be like, yo, how can I yeah. improve in whatever I'm doing? I've literally like seen it. Every time I watch you do a show, it's like better and better. The MCing gets better. The jokes are like punchier and all this stuff. Yeah. So how did you improve? I, f um, I think I found my voice. What does that mean though? I feel very comfortable up there now to just be myself. Like I just fuck around now. Did you not feel comfortable before? It's not that I didn't feel comfortable, but I wasn't, as comfortable. Now I feel like I can just be myself on stage. Mm. And it, a couple of things have happened, right? 
So I started doing bigger shows middle of last year. Mm. So to give everyone the timeline, 2019 I started, really wasn't taking it seriously. 2020, we all know what happened there. 2021, started doing my own shows, but again, not as frequently, maybe once a week, once every other week. Middle of 2021 is when I started like getting involved, like getting rolling up my sleeves and getting involved. And then 20 middle of 2022, I started getting booked on bigger shows. And what happens when you get booked on the bigger shows is you're around professional comedians and you learn so much just by watching them. What have you learned then? About stage presence, about joke structure, about carefully picking your material for the audience and having a wide enough repertoire, for lack of a better term, Mm. Um, of material that you can go to for the different audiences. Okay, this is a white middle-class room in the middle of England. What am I saying here? This is a room full of South Asian aunties. What do the South Asian aunties like? This is a, a comedy show on the black circuit and the average age is 25. Okay, these are my people. I can relate to these people. Do you yeah, but I'm you, saying? Know, you know, say it, that is a thing. Yeah. But like, I done a gig the other day. It was like a pro gig. You go there, the crowd's all white. Yeah? And I was like, I, I, didn't ha- I didn't take the approach of like, let me flip the setup a bit for this crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I personally think that is a thing, but the goal or the dream is to have material that near enough works. Like I don't want to have audience specific material. Like, oh, this is my Asian jokes. This, this is for when it's this crowd. Yeah. This is for when they're posh, blah, blah. And I went in there, made a kind of like, cause a lot of the time as well, you're basing, unless you get to, to watch it, you're basically just judging them and, creating stereotypes in your head about what you think they're going to be like. And then you yeah. go up and I've done the show and it went sick, like yeah. way better than I thought. And it was like, I'm glad I stuck to my guns with that. But then I've done yeah. shows as well where I've gone in and I'm like, yeah, this one's going to be tough still. Yeah. This one's going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> what I what I found is, is, especially if you're not opening, if you have the privilege of being able to watch the show for a bit and get an idea of what's working and what's not working and having the mindfulness to adjust accordingly, I think what you're describing of not having to switch up happens a lot later in comedians' careers when they have a strong following and people are coming to see them. Mm. So even if it is an old auntie, she's an old auntie for whatever reason who likes you. Yeah, even yeah. if it is Dave from Scunthorpe, Dave from Scunthorpe likes you. Yeah, he's a fan. But Big if up Dave. people don't have any reason to like you or give you a chance, it's a different kind of game. Um and that's but, but most shows we do. In fact, most shows, ninety to most shows, the majority of comedians do. The audience haven't turned unless it's your show. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like most of the time, they haven't they're really turned venue, up for yeah. you. They turn up for the venue because yeah. they know the venue books good people. So they're yeah. like, cool. Last time we went, it was jokes. Whoever's on this time will probably be jokes again. Yeah. Or it's in some like rural, like out of London area where it's like this is literally the only comedy we have. So let's just give it a try. And in most shows, no one's really there for like, yo, I came to see this person. Like, exactly. They don't yeah, really unless work you're, like that, Unless you're it? a big star and you do that every week, you know? Um, but yeah, what's really helped me is being around higher level comedians, learning from them, listening to them, asking questions. That's key. Asking yeah. questions is key. I always try and do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> asking questions, um, sticking around the after show. Like I've never like, I've never been the guy to do my set and then just fuck off. Like, example, like my favorite comedian in the country is a guy called Kane Brown. And I get the opportunity to do a lot of shows with him. I'm watching, I've seen the material before because we've worked together a lot, 
but I'm watching anyway because I want to absorb that energy and understand what he's doing. Mm. And often, like, you can ask questions and you like, I ask him, like, why do you always bring a stool up on stage, right? And there's a logic to that. It's not just out of coincidence. He uses it. And there's, there's stuff to learn about that, about body language, about timing and making things feel natural. So all of those things. And I spend most of my time thinking about stand-up and watching stand-up and watching back my own stuff. So just absorbing stand-up all the time. So yeah, you got- And you improve. So you're all in. Yeah, I'm all in. You're all in, bro. That's yeah, I don't want to do mentality. anything else. Yeah. That's a good mentality. So yeah. like you mentioned big gigs, yeah, like London gigs. What's the difference between doing a London gig versus an out of London gig? Hold on. Let, me, let, where. let, me, let me set some context though, because the shows you do are like <coughs> by like promoters who have audiences there who are coming for like, they kind of know what you're getting. My question is, what's the difference between doing a London gig and an out of London gig where say you get booked for, I don't know, Brighton, whatever, Southampton, wherever. Right. A big Norwich. one. Huh? Big gig or small gig? Well, if you're going out of London, most of the gigs, you'd I'll like to think you, of a decent size. But go on, you, you I'll give, give you an you example, right? All right, so let's say Top Secret versus Glee Club Cardiff, right? Let me give the con Top Secrets like. Top Secret is in London, very diverse audience. Glee Club, not as diverse, bit of an older audience. But they right? both have a couple hundred capacity, so it's a about, big club. Yeah, about like they, the both the bottom room at Top Secret fits three hundred people. I think the um, the room at Glee probably fits four to five hundred people. So these are big day. clubs. Big these clubs. Big clubs. Big clubs. The difference is the in the material I select, but the pacing is similar. And what are oh, sorry? That's one thing I should have mentioned. Another thing that really helped me bring my stand up along is instead of now, um, instead of thinking about what jokes I'm going to do all the time, now I try and think more about what pace I want to set and why, and getting a feel for what pace is going to work in that room. What do you mean what pace though? Like the, so the joke rate, um, my tone, my overall delivery, mm. that's what I mean by the pacing, mm. right? So different rooms that I feel like require different paces. For example, if I'm in Edinburgh, I might take a slower pace a more conscientious pace. If I'm on a comedy club on a Friday night at 10 o'clock, I'm setting a quick pace. Mm. Bang, 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 bang. You look like a dickhead. Hey, who's been here? Do you <laughs> know what I mean? All right, mates, that's your missus. How did you pull her? My missus is better looking than me. Let me tell you how I did that. Mate, take some notes. Do you see what I'm saying? Different yeah, pace, yeah, yeah. right? High joke rate. Even the try and make the setups as funny. Other shows, maybe if it's like a middle-aged audience and they're all drinking wine, you know. So when I'm not doing this, I'm doing a PhD on Islamophobia. <laughs> Which begs the question, right? Who's stealing whose jobs now? Something you don't see when like, you know, you're yeah, set, yeah, you're yeah. taking a more layered approach. And I pride myself in being able to have different skill sets in comedy mm. for different approach. I, I like that. So that helps a lot. But to answer your original question, yeah, it really depends on the room. So like if you're doing a, like a show in London in a highly diverse room, you're going to talk about probably different things. Like for example, No Salami, No Harami doesn't work in Middle England, which is a joke I have. Mm, mm, that doesn't work in a in a room full of 65-year-old white people from Shropshire. And it's not their fault that doesn't work. It's not their fault. Yeah. It's just they're not familiar with fault, the lingo. Bro. It's your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> that's a very, that's a joke designed. Like I have this new bit about MSN. That doesn't mean anything unless you're a certain age group. Do you mm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Some jokes work in some rooms, some don't. I hear you. Yeah. Cool.
So what's some of the negatives of being a comedian that people don't see? A lot of waiting around. Bear waiting, bro. Yeah. A bear random light. Yeah. If you don't know the people you're gigging with, if you do, it's cool. It's actually yeah, yeah. nice because it can take your mind off whatever nerves and you have a little, just a little, you know, a little bit of like yeah. joking or catch up. When you don't know them, it's the same convo. Yeah. And it's boring and and, and it's like, oh, hi, hey, yeah, I'm I'm AJ. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. You're you. Okay, you've done it's this dry. gig before? Yeah. No, I haven't. You've been gigging elsewhere? Much? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think, I think we met. I think we met. Oh, where did we meet? Oh, yeah. your mum's house. Like, I don't know. <laughs> A lot of that. A lot um, of that. A lot of that. Um, Bro, lot it's like work chat, but worse. Yes. Because at least at work, you can like leave the room and go back to your desk mm -hmm. or like you can't really leave because you've turned up to be at that comedy place to sit there until X o'clock yep. and all this. 100%. You also have to eat shit for a long time. You mean physically, like actual. Like, like metaphorically. I you thought have you to meant eat. like your diet's bad. No, well, that can happen. But <clears throat> metaphorical shit in the sense that like what? doing a lot of unpaid gigs in random places of the country for little to no money. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You do a lot of that when you first start. This is this is an interesting one. You either you either love this bit or you hate it. The travel. I quite like the travel. Why do you like it? I like staying in hotels. I find it cozy. Yeah, true. If, if it's yeah. paid for and that, then you're... Yeah, 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 that. When it's Overnight stays, for... I should have specified. Overnight stays. And sometimes you can get some nice hotels, bro. When the hotels are nice, it's a real treat. But like the travel lodges, I even like staying in travel lodges. I just find it cozy and peaceful. They're you okay. seem like you don't agree. I've stayed in one for a gig in Manchester. It was okay. Did you get bored? Bro, I literally done the gig... And then I didn't really know anyone up there. So I yeah. just went Tesco, bought Bear Munch, just watched The Apprentice, Love Island, Apprentice, You're Fired. And that was it. That's a fun night. <laughs> it was decent. Yeah, that's it? a fun <laughs> night. Bro, I am an, because of comedy, I am a master at staying in a travel lodge. Can I talk you through my travel lodge plan? All right, when you walk into your travel lodge room, yeah, don't turn on the main lights like a fucking incel. That's crazy. Put on the ambient lighting on either side of the bed, turn off the main lights, and then turn on the bathroom light because most of the time, um, the toilets in a travel lodge room are adjacent to the bed. So you get nice ambient lighting from the toilet hitting the wall, <laughs> right? Now you have ambient lighting from all over the gaff. It's no longer a travel lodge. Now you're in the W, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what even is the W? The W. I'm at the I'm staying at the W, but I can't meet you in the lobby. Girl, I got to watch my back because I'm not just anybody. Oh, is it from a Drake song? Yeah, yeah. It's then a famous hotel. Have you been you know to the massive w, You know the massive hotel in Barcelona by the beach? I don't. It's iconic. Anyway, that's the W Hotel. It's a chain. It's like the Hilton, but nicer. Okay. So is that yeah. it? Just amb ambient lighting? What else do you do? Okay, right. Thank you for asking, <laughs> right? So they give you two free Typhoo teas and two free coffees. No, 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 no. You go reception, you ask for more, they will give you as many as you like for free. You don't have to worry about it, yeah? Also, one thing you should always do, never, and I repeat, never ship with the door open in a travel lodge. It's the same rule as a caravan. Because that shit, travel lodges aren't well ventilated, right? Especially the toilets because there's no windows. Your whole room will smell like shit if you don't shut that door. If you're going to take a shit in a travel lodge, yeah, take that shit, flush it, shut the lid, shut the shut door, lid. like you're just trying to hide Madeline in there or something, right? <laughs>
Bro, Travelodge though, they 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 think they're smart, yeah. Cause when I went, my mum was like, "Oh, bring back the soap, bring back the soap, bring back the shampoo." Oh no, Bro, yeah, it's, it's a, a squeezy. Yeah, it's a dispenser. They're taking the mick. What yep. is that about? A dispenser. Also, you know what's funny about travel lodges? Enough people have killed themselves in travel lodges where they've suicide proofed them. Now, I've noticed that yeah. there's like no like, like the the lights are attached to the ceiling. Yeah. There's no dangly light. Yeah, yeah. Because after a few gigs, I've been in a travel lodge <laughs> thinking, where am I gonna hang myself? <laughs> Oh, there's nowhere. Can't jump out that window. They've shut that. They secured that. Yeah. And also, people say, oh, I don't want to stay in travel lodge um, because of the noise. Soundproof. Very, you can't hear shit. You can't hear nothing, really. Yeah, it's really nice. And I people, again, another controversial thing. I like the smell of the bleach on the bed sheets. Bleach? Yeah, because you know how like they use that industrial like cleaner? Who bleaches bed sheets, bro? I don't know what it is, but it's, you know you know what bed, hotel bed sheets smell like? Whatever that smell is, I like it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, I don't, they'd be shut down if it was bleach. Oh, right. Yeah, it's whatever it is. Whatever it is. <laughs> that detergent, right, bleach is the wrong word. That detergent they use, Yeah. I like that industrial smell. You like it? I like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there you yeah, have yeah. it, people. Benefits there you have it. Comedy. Travelodge. Travelodge. Turn that into the Ritz. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> so obviously you've gone viral a couple times, yeah? Yeah, you're not like you, bro. Come on, what? <laughs> 90k on that. Yeah, is that you, big I've man? I've actually only gone viral like a couple times. Yeah, but you made it count, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't waste any time. Cool. I'll take that. But seeing as this is your, I'm interviewing you. Yes. I want to get your take on yeah. the on the vibe. Like, what's what's the good and bad? We'll start with the good. What's good about getting bare numbers on the internet and that? You get you get new followers, um, and those followers sometimes come to shows. Always great. Um, your students find it <laughs> good and bad, right? Yeah. My dream in life is that one day, one of my ex girlfriends is on TikTok and their boyfriends accidentally send them one of my clips, not knowing <laughs> I'm their ex. And then they just have to have a, like a, a conversation at two in the morning about it. It's my only dream in life. It's my only dream in life. Is that a weird dream to have? No, because then the boyfriend would be like, right, I've got to question your decision making then because like this guy's popping and yeah, and now look like... Yeah, now you're with, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, you clearly, you clearly left a good one. That's a, that's a dream I have. In, someone, I said that to someone and they said that, um, it was a weird dream to have, but I think that's hilarious. If that, I happens. mean, there are plenty of other dreams, like, you know, like literally Netflix. anything else other yeah. than make your ex jealous, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Netflix, yeah. Netflix, that would right, be what, good. Yeah. What's yeah. some of the bad stuff? Bad stuff about going viral. Um, or just posting in general. Cause I guess like, oh, it can be stressful and exhausting and. Sometimes you compare yourself to other people. Why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing yeah. that? Um, and that's unhealthy because that's just not how the world works. The world I think it is how the world works. In what sense? That every where from a young age, we like humans just naturally compare themselves to other humans at all age groups. No, I agree with that. From like young to through when you're an adult, yes, your life is a constant state of comparison. Yeah. I so agree. it's natural yeah. that you would compare yourself because it's what you do in every other area of your life. I agree with that. But what, what I meant by it's not how the world works. What I meant to say was it's irrational to tie your self-worth into that. Yeah. Because you're going to have a very unhappy life if your life is constantly, your happiness is constantly dependent on numbers. Yeah, but getting out of that trap, that's a whole like 10 podcast series in itself because yeah. that's very a, difficult. That's a lifelong goal of like, that that's what that one's hard to do because mm. like 
it makes sense. There's so many things that sound good, make sense in theory, but action in them is way more difficult. Also, numbers isn't everything. It's about how committed the people that you do follow are. Because you could have like 500,000 followers and not be able to do a tour. And then there's people who have 20K, 10K who are doing tours all around the country. So it's like, what numbers do you have? And how committed are they to coming to see you? Because if the fundamental goal is stand-up, then they have to be stand-up fans. And sometimes your followers, they might follow you for the wrong reasons. Do you see what I'm saying? In the sense that your followers might like your comedy sketches, but not like your stand-up. I hear that. Do you see what I'm saying? And that can be a problem as well. If you're like you have if you're a comedian but you also ice skate and an ice skating clip goes viral, yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean people care about your stand up. No. You I just have five hundred thousand followers because you're a good ice skater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Cool. This section, if you listen to the last episode, new section, I'm loving this section. I've done it once, so I love the section. I'm just a fan of the new section, isn't it? Would you rather? Five yes. questions. I love this game. Five questions related to the guest. And they're going to pick, would you rather? Before you start, so you've done, you've thought about me and my life and written, would you rather as personal to my life? Personal to like, your, I guess to your like career, you could technically apply these to other people. Okay. Right. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I thought you did some investigation work. Like, nah, nah, would nah. you rather. It's not like, yo, I can see your eyebrows are four centimeters from the top of your head. Would yeah. you rather they be two or something? Would like you that? rather your auntie who died when you were nine come back nah, alive? No, nah, it's not. <laughs> you know, like, like, how the fuck do you know that? That'd be funny if you did that to people. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't going to go down the, uh, the auntie reincarnation. R.I.P. Yes. Yes, but cool. So this is a question I've done with Luke. I like the question, yeah. It's more the, the reasoning that I'm interested in. So cool. There's, you, you could choose to not... There's a gig. And if you smash the gig, you become a superstar. And if you don't, you have to quit comedy. And, the, and you can choose whether to do it. Let, there's some more criteria. You could choose whether to do it or you could just do what you're doing now. And the gig itself is all in your hands. So you've got one year from this day to do it. You can choose where you do it, how long your set is, and um, who and the judges of who decides if you smashed it are your three favourite comedians. So question one is, would you take the gig? Oh, if I could pick the judges, yeah. Who would the judges be? My three favourite comedians. Yeah. In the UK. In the world. It can be just UK. It's, it's up to you, bro. It's your gig. It's your Eminem lose UK. yourself moment. Let's do UK. The people I would, they're not necessarily, these are who I would choose to be the judges. They're not necessarily my favorite comedians. No, they got to be your favorite comedians, bro. That's the way it works. It can't be uh, like, yo, I gig with like my man. So he'll probably hard. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that. It has to be, and you, yeah, it has to be your like, uh, and it can't right. be someone you know either. Is there, it can't be someone you know. Let's say I choose not to do the gig, is there any chance of me becoming an international superstar? Yeah, no. Point? So you could choose to do the gig yeah. and you get the fast track or you have to quit or you just continue as you are. So there's, you just don't risk the... the, the I think I'll just continue as I am. You wouldn't take yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raw. Because I feel I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to smash it eventually anyway. Okay, that energy, yeah. yeah? Come on. I don't need to risk not doing stand-up. I'd kill myself, bro. <laughs> Bro, if I didn't have stand-up, I'm fucked. Aye, aye, aye. I'm so fucked without but it. But if you did have to do the gig... Yeah. 
and you can pick like the judges who yeah. would, who would they be and they they have to be my favorite comedians it basically maybe not fake but they can't be comedians you know they can have no personal connection ah to that's different all right louis ck yeah um chappelle um third one just because i think it'll be fun to have him there but christ <laughs> okay yeah and you can obviously as well pick the set length yeah so in theory you could do a five but you might get marked down on nah, that yeah, you only nah. done a five i'm doing 20 and where are you doing it where am I doing Pick it? The venue, top secret, because it's you can. So you're doing a I twenty. Could, I could fart at top secret and get a laugh. It's so easy there. Do you know what I mean? You could do. You're, so you're doing. If you did do the gig, twenty minutes at top secret, you got the judges, but you're not taking it. I'm not taking That's it. Interesting. No. That's interesting. Because I back myself. I think I'm on the right path anyway. Okay, I like. I love yeah, that energy. I love that. I can't. I can live. All right. Here's the interesting thing about that. I can live without being an international superstar in comedy. I don't have to be that. I can't live without no, comedy. No, the word superstar means like whatever you want it to mean. So it could like, yeah, whatever yeah. success is for you, that's what it is. Right, I see what it you're saying. It doesn't necessarily mean like the worldwide. Risk, the risk is too high because if I couldn't do comedy, I would be, I would feel very lost in life. You kind of touched on the next question a bit, yeah? Go on. Would you rather be known as the best comedian ever, but not be that rich or the richest comedian ever, but you're mediocre? Best comedian ever, but not be that rich. I can live without the money. So you'd be like, yo, the streets know who's the best comedian. It's what not, what's not that rich? How much am I making? Let's say, to put a figure, you'd like every year from comedy, you made the the yearly UK, whatever the UK national average is salary wise, that's what you make every year from comedy. But everyone knows you're the best. My kids come first. I'm going mediocre. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely, because I don't think people's children should have to suffer for the, for the dad's art, you know? And also, yeah. it's like that that clout of being known as the best, yeah? Those people don't give a shit about you. What does it really yeah. mean? Or like, what does it really mean? Like, oh, cool. Well, like, if I pop up at, like, Up the Creek, Top Secret, they're going to be like, oh, that's him. He's, like, a genius. And then what? Like, Yeah, my kid's life comes first. I don't have kids, but... You're just worried about it. If my kids ever found out about that. this deal, and they're like, wait a minute. So you're telling me I don't have to live in this shitty house? <laughs> But you want to impress your mates. <laughs> That's literally it. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about the shit education and so lack you, of food. Mediocre comedian. Mediocre be loaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. For my children. Okay. Yeah. For the unborn kids. Yes. Okay. A thousand ride or die friends or a hundred K followers. So a thousand really loyal, loyal friends that will support everything you do. Ah, that's or a hundred thousand randomers. Oh, a thousand friends. A thousand friends. Come through to the shows, guys. Every week. <laughs> 20 quid every week. But then there's the potential to make peas off that hundred thousand. Fuck the hundred thousand, man. Thousand, thousand core friends. And also, if we're, if we're, like, if we're playing it realistically, like, they're, they're loyal friends. I didn't say they're, like, robots, though. So they might not, they might support one or two shows, but then it's yeah. not like, I didn't say a thousand people to guaranteed buy everything. Okay, 100,000 followers then. I don't need a thousand close friends. <laughs> what am I going to do? Rob, you know how many birthdays that is a year that I have to go to? Is it the happy birthday to you? you know, that's free a night. That'd be free a night every yeah, day. Long, long. <laughs> long. It'd so be too many cakes to spit on. You're taking the followers. Followers. 
That's interesting because yeah. there is money to be made both ways. I'll just take the followers. It's, the idea of having a the followers friends. is a risk, though. It's not a guarantee. I know, but I don't want. Following. I don't want more. I don't want too many friends. That sounds upsetting. <laughs> I hate friends. All right, let me rephrase it then. A thousand like. Nah, actually, it's an easy answer. If it's a thousand loyal fans, yeah, thousand loyal good. fans. Yeah, that's an easy yeah, question. That's yeah, lovely. Forget that. Forget that. Yeah, that's cool. one. Cool, cool. Have your own Netflix like sitcom or your own Netflix comedy special. Netflix comedy special. Not even a thought for the sitcom. Nah. Why? Cause I know you like right. I know you like you. you yeah, like no, scripts as well. Then yeah, yeah. But the Netflix special is just something I want to do. Always has been. I want to hear the the dom and then my comedy special. <laughs> you know, that's just with the, the little dream. like nine minute pre pre special documentary. Yeah, where it's like you in the dressing room and there's some obnoxious your... music. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got loyalty, you know, it's yeah. so much And then at the end, it's just like, you yeah. with like bare famous comics backstage laughing yeah. with still camera. Yes, a hundred percent. You know them ones where it's like <laughs> yeah, still camera shots of just you and bare legends. Yeah, like, loving it. And then like a photo of like my deceased mother right at the end in loving memory. <laughs> my mom's still alive, but you know what I'm talking about, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear that. That's funny, bro. All right, last one, yeah. This yeah. ain't really to do a comedy, but at first I thought at first I thought it was obvious the answer, but then I thought about it, it's not so obvious. Okay. Would you rather be able to travel back in time or travel to the future? Travel back in time. I I had a feeling you'd say that, but why? because I don't want to ruin the surprises I thought it'd be a financial reason but that's quite a noble response I don't want to ruin that oh really I want to, that's I quite a wholesome answer for not wanting to go to the future yeah I don't want to ruin the surprises because then the flavour of life goes but I'd like to go back and review <laughs> from a distance like with like my hat on I don't want to interfere I was like, Ron, listen, you really dated her. Why? Look at <laughs> bro, you. But there's a lot of a lot yeah. of this comes back to your ex, bro. Yeah. Oh, Scott, man. <laughs> Maybe rumor. I'm joking. No, no, no. No, but stuff like that. Like, I'd like to go back and observe me. Like, missing at 16, what, what kind of, how much of a prick really was he? Missing at 12, how much of a prick really was he? You know, bro. This is interesting because when I thought this question, I thought in my head it was a money question of like. Oh no no no. Like. That wouldn't even occur to me. Yeah, that's interesting that you yeah. took it straight to some kind of like... I don't really care about rich. money. I think... Do I seem like someone who cares about money? Well, yeah, because you'd rather be mediocre and rich. <laughs> yeah, but that's for my children, isn't it? But like me personally, I'm not very materialistic. No, I hear you. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I've got like two pairs of trainers. Like I wear... The, you probably notice I wear the same shit all the time. Combats. Yeah, like I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit about money. I hear that. It's hard to be a comedian if you care about money. Yeah, that's that's one yeah. of the reasons I like it because I don't yeah. do this to make yeah. like with money as my goal. It's because I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I like it because it's like I'm not here like yo by month. Two. I've chatted some comedians who are like relatively new and they're like yo within six months I need to be making X Bullshit, amount. Bro, you're I mean, not going like, to be, bro. Relax. X amount. Shut up, bro. You'll be lucky to be like fucking not doing bringer spots, dickhead. <laughs> so you're traveling back in time. Yes. To review your past self. Yeah, just for fun. You're not going to change nothing. It's not Marvel, no, no, no. bruv. You can change shit. I don't want uh, I wouldn't want to change anything. I wouldn't want to change anything. So you you already have that power now. You can just review what you've done already. No, but I'd, I'd love Why do you to need go, to go back? Because there's some memories, one, I'm fond of. Two, I'd be curious to watch back to see what really happened. You know, like, oh, like, I thought 
um, I don't know, this exam went really well. Let me go look over my shoulder. What did I actually write in that exam? Oh, that was fucking terrible. Do you see what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Okay. I hear that. Well, yeah. That's the end of the, the new segment. Would you rather quickly that before we go? Yeah, that yes. was fun. Yeah. Let the people know. Tell them about your podcast, plural. Plural podcast. Uh, the Punchline Podcast, One Minute Smoke for all sorts of fun clips. The Punchline Podcast is a MMA podcast where we talk about MMA with no expert opinion and we say a lot of things that are completely wrong, but we say it anyway. Uh, one <laughs> Minute Smoke. One Minute Smoke. We smoke shisha. We talk shit. Sometimes people cry. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Um, Muslim Yasalada for the clips on Instagram. Don't follow me on Twitter unless you're like a colleague. <laughs> it's weird. Um, follow my mum. Zalia Yasalada on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know why my mum's going to get random followers. That'd be hilarious. Unless you're a colleague. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Just don't follow me. Don't follow me. Don't. That, that's what I mean. Study yeah. psychologists that reverse psychology because now they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to. You know what's a out. fun tactic that's actually helped me get in, increase my followers? Right. What? So at the end of shows, I say, my name's, guys, I've been Muslim Salada. Follow me on Instagram. I'm not going to tell you how to spell it because I want dedicated people. <laughs> right. And for some reason, that gets more followers because I feel like some people say challenge accepted. Yeah. To try and spell it. And then people have messaged me saying, ha, huh, I found it. I'm and like, then what? <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> I'm like, haha, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's another episode of the AJ Rose Show. If you're listening on headphones, nah, that's not what I meant to say. Not headphones, Spotify and Apple. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, where's he going? Not headphones, not headphones. Spotify and Apple, please rate it five stars. YouTube, subscribe, give the, the video a like. And yeah, I'll see you next time. Big up for listening.